0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at morbidlybeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror, pop culture-related, from interviews, reviews, top ten lists, and everything in between. If you want it, they have it. They also have a great library of podcasts, which I highly suggest you go check out right after this episode. Now, I do apologize once again for missing Friday. I know, I know. I'm terrible. I said I was going to go down to two a month, and so far, I don't think I've done any in June. So that's on me. But we're back right now, and we are going to continue our look at the seven deadly sins this week. We're going to look at something everybody, and I mean everybody, has felt at least once in their life, That. Uncomfortable, nagging feeling? Well, that's envy. Amidus Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Amidus. Even if you think that you have never been envious of anything or anybody in your life, you most likely have. And if you said you haven't, you're a liar. Be it the hot girl down the street, the handsome dude with a nice car, the successful businessman, maybe the family man who you think has it all. Well, those are all feelings of envy. When you look at somebody and you have this sense of, I wish I were them, or maybe even I wish I had what they had, even just for a second, you're committing the sin of envy. Of course, it goes a lot deeper than that, and we're going to get into that in just a moment, but first we're going to go over a little bit of an intro, and a lot of the things in here are going to be covered a little bit more in depth later on. So, envy, like greed and lust, is characterized by an insatiable desire. It can be described as a sad or resentful covetous towards the traits or possessions of someone else. It arises from vainglory and severs a man from his neighbor. Malicious envy is similar to jealousy in that they both feel discontent towards someone else's traits, status, abilities, or rewards. A difference is that the envious also desire the entity to covet it. Envy can be directly related to the Ten Commandments. Specifically, you shall not steal anything that belongs to your neighbor. Essentially, or covet, I suppose, is another word for it that is also a statement that can be related to greed. Dante defined envy as, quote, a desire to deprive other men of theirs. In Dante's purgatory, the punishment for the envious is to have their eyes sewn shut with wire because they gained sinful pleasure from seeing others brought low. According to our good buddy, St. Thomas Aquinas, the struggle aroused by envy has three stages. During the first stage, the envious person attempts to lower another's reputation. In the middle stage, the envious person receives either joy at another's misfortune or grief at another's prosperity. The third stage is hatred because sorrow causes hatred. Envy is said to be the motivation behind Cain murdering Abel, and Cain envied Abel because God favored Abel's sacrifices over Cain's. In accordance with the most widely accepted views, only pride weighs down the soul more than envy as the capital sins. Just like pride, envy has been associated directly with the devil. For Wisdom 224 states, the envy of the devil brought death to the world. So basically, the whole premise behind envy is, you have something I want, and I don't want you to have it. Aristotle defined envy as pain at the sight of another's good fortune, stirred by, quote, those who have what we ought to have. Bertrand Russell said that envy was one of the most potent causes of unhappiness. Not only is the envious person rendered unhappy by their envy, Russell argued that the person may also wish to inflict misfortune on others to reduce their status. Now, we live in an age of social media, Every thought, every little feeling that passes through most people gets posted to the internet. This is one of the main reasons why I am not active on social media, because I don't care what John from Wisconsin has to say about loggers versus pilsners. He's entitled to his opinion, and I'm entitled not to care. The same reason I don't think anybody cares about what I really have to say on Twitter or Facebook, or Instagram, so I'm not active, but I do scroll, I am a lurker when it comes to social media, I like to read these sort of things, and then have these weird sort of thoughts about them to my own self, and I like pretty pictures, so Instagram is kind of good for that, but it does lead to a sense of envy, and I think most people who have ever used any sort of social media can attest to that. You may not want to admit it, but when you see your high school arch nemesis driving away in a Lamborghini and you're sitting there eating your microwave dinner, well, I'm sure a little twang of envy hits you right in the gut. That's envy. You're jealous. You want what they have. They have it. You don't want them to have it because you don't like them. Everybody does it. And social media is the worst because nobody posts their failures. They only post their successes. If you're an up-and-coming writer and you have ambitions to become the next Stephen King and you see somebody in your inner or outer circle post that they just got accepted for an agent or a book deal, well, that wasn't their first attempt, I guarantee you. So keep trying. Don't get dissuaded because other people have succeeded doesn't mean you can't. They just didn't post the 5,000 times they got rejected. That is all. So now back onto envy. There are different types of envy, according to psychologists, and they have suggested that real or malicious envy should be distinguished from benign envy. Malicious envy being proposed as an unpleasant emotion that causes the envious person to want to bring down the better off, even at their own cost. While benign envy involves recognition of others being better off but causes the person to aspire to be as good. Kind of what I was just talking about a moment ago. Benign envy is still a negative emotion in the sense that it feels bad. However, Sherry Turkle considers the advent of social media and selfie culture as creating an alienating sense of self-envy in certain users. It posits this further affects problem areas attached to attachments. Envy and gloating have parallel structures as emotions. See, even psychologists agree with me. And I want to just point out that I wrote that little bit about the social media aspect before I got to this part. So, how's that for some envy and gloating? (laughs) Oh, I'm a parallel of this podcast. According to researchers, benign envy can provide emulation, improvement, motivation, positive thoughts about the other person, and admiration. This type of envy, if dealt with correctly, can positively affect a person's future by motivating them to be a better person and to succeed. Human instinct is to avoid negative aspects in life such as the negative emotion of envy. However, it is possible to turn this negative emotion into a motivational tool that can help a person become successful in the future there is another nether view called the socio-evolutionary view and this theory helps explain envy and its effects on human behavior in the socio-evolutionary theory it's based upon darwin's 1859 theory of evolution by natural selection modern Socio-evolutionary theory predicts that humans behave in ways that enhance the reproduction of their genes. Consistent with envy being a motivation, it may boost attention and memory. Based on a model of evolved responses to those who are better off, Snyzer has argued that every envy increases support for the economic redistribution. It's interesting. Envy can be a good thing, because it strives for people to do better, essentially. Often, envy involves a motive to outdo or undo the rival's advantage. In part, this type of envy may be based on materialistic possessions rather than a psychological state. Basically, people find themselves experiencing an overwhelming emotion due to someone else owning or possessing desirable items that they do not. For example, your next-door neighbor just bought a brand-new car. Something you've been lusting after for months, but you can't afford. It's a pretty simple example. Feelings of envy in this situation would occur in the forms of emotional pain, a lack of self-worth, a lowered self-esteem, and a poor well-being. In Nelson Aldrich's Old Money, he states that envy is so integral and a painful part of what animates human behavior in market societies, that many people have forgotten the full meaning of the word, simplifying it into one of the symptoms of desire. It is that which is why it flourishes in market societies. But envy is more or less than desire. It begins with the almost frantic sense of emptiness inside oneself, as if the pump of one's heart were sucking on air. One has to be blind to perceive the emptiness, of course, but that is what envy is, a selective blindness. Invidia, Latin for envy, translates as non-sight, and Dante had the envious plodding under cloaks of lead, their eyes sewn shut with laden wire. What are they blind to is what they have, God-given, and humanly nurtured in themselves. It's a very deep quote for something called old money. Just throwing that out there. Of course, there are ways to overcome envy. It may negatively affect the closeness and satisfaction of relationships. Overcoming envy might be similar to dealing with other negative emotions, such as anger and resentment. Individuals experiencing anger often seek professional treatment, anger management, to help understand why they feel the way they do and how to cope. Subjects experiencing envy often have skewed perspectives on how to achieve true happiness. By helping people to change these perceptions, they will be more able to understand the real meaning of fortune and satisfaction with what they do have. According to Lazarus, not that one, coping is an integral feature of the emotion process there are very few theories that emphasize the coping process for emotions as compared to the information about concerning the emotion itself. There are numerous styles of coping, copium, that's a twitch thing, of which there have been significant amounts of research done. For example, avoidant versus approach. Coping with envy can be similar to coping with anger, the issue must be addressed cognitively in order to work through the emotion. According to the research done by Selovi and Rodin in 1988, quote, more effective strategies for reducing initial envy appear to be stimulus focused rather than self focused. They also suggest that, quote, self bolstering, thinking about my good qualities, may be an effective strategy for moderating these self deprecating thoughts and muting negative effective reactions. Further research needs to be done in order to better understand envy as well as to help people cope with this emotion. Get off social media. All right, we've looked at the real world applications and aspects of envy, but let's look at the perspective of the seven deadly sins and religion as a whole. There are a few different options here. We're going to start with Buddhism and the term. Ursia is commonly translated as either envy or jealousy. It is defined as a state of mind in which one is highly agitated to obtain wealth and honor for oneself, but unable to bear the excellence of others. The term mutida, sympathetic joy, is defined by taking joy in the good fortune of others. This virtue is considered the antidote to envy and the opposite of a big long German word called Schadenfreude, In Christianity, the big one here, both in the Old and New Testament, there are various descriptions of envy and events related to it, mostly with a dramatic outcome. As we've discussed, envy is one of the seven deadly sins in Roman Catholicism. In the book of Genesis, envy is said to be the motivation for Cain murdering his brother, as we've touched on. Envy is among the things that come from the heart defiling a person. The whole body is full of darkness when the eye, the lamp of the body, is bad. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished, said Solomon. Envy ruins the body's health, making bones rot, and prohibiting the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Sometimes, as punishment, people are left in their sins falling prey to envy and other heavy sins. Envy is credited as the basis of all toil and skills of people. For example, mankind will choose occupations to gain wealth, fame, and pleasure to equal or exceed their neighbors. Envy is therefore a sin deeply ingrained in human nature. It comes into being when man lacks certain things, a circumstance that exists when God is not approached for provision, or when the provision is used for one's own selfish passions and pleasures. Envy may be caused by wealth, by the brightness of wealth, power, and beauty, by political and military rising, fertility, social ascent, countless miracles and healings, popularity, the success of Christianization of many, and virtues and true power to heal, to make miracles, and to teach people, There's a lot listed in the Bible for envy. In the New Testament, Jewish Christians are admonished to not look with evil eyes at the last converts, to avoid therefore becoming the last ones missing the kingdom of God. They should be happy for anyone saved, like Christ, who came to save the lost, as the shepherd seeking the lost sheep. Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, was among the lost ones and succeeded in bringing salvation to him and his house sometimes arisen out of sophistry envy cannot coexist with true spiritual wisdom but with false earthly unspiritual demonic wisdom a hey, wisdom's wisdom throwing away envy is a crucial condition to our path to salvation envy was seen by the apostle paul as a real danger even when the first christian communities gathered Envy should remain a sin of the past, defeated by God's teaching, which in the Ten Commandments forbids us from coveting our neighbors' things, women, and servants, and urges us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, said Apostle Paul, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, because brotherly Christians, love banishes definitively envy from our hearts. How deep. How meaningful. How Christian. In Hinduism, however, quote, one who does not envy but is compassionate friend to all. Such a devotee is very dear to me. Lord Krishna said that. In Hinduism, envy is considered a disastrous emotion. Hinduism maintains that anything which causes the mind to lose balance within itself leads to misery. This concept is put forth in the epic Mahabharata, I'm sorry if I butcher that, wherein Duryodhana launches the Kurukshetra war out of envy of the perceived prosperity of his cousins. He is known to have remarked, quote, Father, the prosperity of the Pandavas is burning me deeply. I cannot eat, sleep, or live in the knowledge that they are better off than me. Thus, Hinduism teaches that envy can be overcome simply by recognizing that the man or woman who is the object of one's envy is merely enjoying the fruits of their past karmic actions, and that one should not allow such devious emotions to take control of their mind, lest they suffer the same fate as the story's antagonists. Judaism also has a very robust stance on envy or jealousy. In the Hebrew Bible, jealousy is a key feature of God's personality. He is furious in jealousy for his own people's undivided worship. Jehovah is jealous for his own. The God of Israel is, quote, slow to anger and great in compassion, Exodus 34:6. But when his jealousy and anger had accumulated, there was an outburst of punishment, Exodus 34, 6 as well, Numbers 14, 18, Psalm 103, 8, 86, 15, 145, 8, Jonah 4, 2, Nahum 1, 3, Nehemiah 9, 17, and Joel 2, 13. While jealousy is branded as a negative and unwanted emotion generally in society today, and also in Christianity, which had developed out of Judaism, in the biblical, Context, it is a strong aspect of God's character and therefore not a flawed characteristic, unlike envy, which God does not condone. We envy people when we want what they have. We are jealous when we want to keep for ourselves what belongs exclusively to us. Therefore, we see the frightening permission God gave husbands to become jealous of their wives, to make them a curse upon themselves in case they hadn't slept with another man while they belonged to their husband. That's from Numbers 5.11-31. This points to the intimacy and exclusivity he is interested in, from his own people, him and his being God, the capital H. Apparently, God also loves a jealous lover. He told Moses to make a breastplate for Aaron the priest, to wear when he goes into the most holy place on the breastplate he had to display the names of all the tribes of Israel so God could see it whenever Aaron went into work where Jehovah's presence was as from Exodus 28:9 so in the end the Hebrew Bible has a distinct difference between jealousy and envy jealousy is a trait that is not typically considered flawed but envy is there is a distinction between envy and jealousy you can be jealous of somebody but therefore you have no negative feelings towards them you don't wish them failure it's almost like a happy thing you wish them well and that you're just jealous of what they have you can be that and not be envious envy would be like what i described earlier where you see your high school rival driving a nice car and you hope he fucking dies that's envy there's a difference So tell me, let me know, have you ever been truly envious of anybody or anything? Like I said, I have, I know I have. I think it's fairly common in the creative field when you see other people be successful at things you want to be successful at, and you're not particularly happy to see them succeed. Even if you were a success yourself, you might feel a little bit of envy that they're catching up, or that they're stealing your thunder, something along those lines. But acknowledging it is the first step in overcoming it. So if you feel envious, just remember, not everything is created equal. And you might get your day one day. But you just got to be patient and keep trying. Because nothing is ever going to fall into your lap. My name is Casey and that is the end of the Ominous Origins podcast for this week. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Any 5-star reviews will be read out on the show, so it's a great way to get a shout-out. You can also find me on social media, as I said I don't really use it, but it's there if you want to follow. On Twitter, at Horror Shots Prod as in production. On Instagram, at Ominous Origins Pod, Or on Facebook, at HorrorShots. So, until next time.